Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. How's everybody feel? Feel good? All right, let's give a huge shout out to everybody who's listening right now online. We're so glad that you're here, so glad that you're taking the time to listen. Uh, let's um, let's uh, jump in for the next couple of minutes. Uh, this is not a fully formed idea as of yet. This is uh, 75% cooked, okay? So the other 25%, I'm hoping that the Lord cooks in you. This is getting weirder by the second as I use this analogy. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, like Lacey was talking about, this is... Um, this is our leadership podcast, so it's talking about and specifically to how we can all be better leaders. All of us lead in some area. You lead your family, you lead yourself, you lead at your job, you lead. At, we all lead in a lot of different areas. So this is very applicable to our life as we as we talk through this. Um, and I um, now am starting to teach Watson uh, how to play sports, and we're trying to get into uh, the idea that. Um, it's just not, you know, craziness. There's actually some rules here, and there's actually some um, things you got to do. And one of the things that I've been trying to teach him as he's trying to learn how to catch, he's a great thrower, learning how to catch. Uh, I'm telling him, you gotta, you got to keep your eye on the ball. you got to look the ball into your hands, you know, all these things that you learn over time. And so I'm trying to teach him that. Uh, he still constantly wants to catch the ball with his eyes closed, leading with his face. And I told him, this is not a good way to catch the ball. Um, it looks cute when you do that, but you're going to get smoked in the face. For those of you who are listening, I closed my eyes and I let move my face. So um, this, is, uh, this all speaks to this, this idea that I was talking to Watson about. This all speaks to uh, your ability to focus and what you focus on. And if you're focusing on the right thing, then all of a sudden those things uh, that you want to happen will start to happen just because you're focusing on the right thing. And so in the uh, idea of leadership, uh, what kind of leader are you focused on being is really important. What kind of leader you're focused on being. If you don't have a focus, uh, sometimes you will just kind of go ebb and flow with uh, your leadership style, and so you're not really keeping your eye on the ball. So I really want to focus in on what kind of leader we all want to be, and here's the idea that is still kind of uh, percolating with me, and, uh, and, and so uh, hopefully God will use that um, in, in your life as, as well. Um, this idea of leadership and who, what leader you want to be, um, and I believe, this again, my opinion, but I believe there are too many people who want to be David as a leader and not enough people who want to be Paul as a leader. And so this is interesting because both of these people, David and Paul, are looked at as um, heroes of the faith, right? You go through like the Hall of Fame uh, faith in Hebrews. Uh, they start, they, David's in there. Paul's not in there because it's being written during Paul's time, but, uh, but they're, you know, he is definitely there. And so, um, you know, you, you kind of look at this and you're like, okay, what, why is this different? 
And, and the thing that I want to uh, bring out is the differences between David and Paul. And I'm not trying to say that David was um, a bad person or we should never take things from David. There are amazing things that we take from David all the time. But I want to draw some contrast between David and Paul and how sometimes I think, or a lot of times I think, we gravitate more toward a David kind of leader instead of a Paul kind of leader. And here's the reasons why, and I don't think they're actually good ones. Um, one of them is people want to be kings instead of apostles. People want to be kings instead of apostles. And the reason that people want to be kings instead of apostles is because of what kings do and what apostles do. Kings build kingdoms. Apostles build people. And so what happens as a leader is sometimes we want to build our own kingdom instead of build into a person. Paul was building into a person. David was trying to build a kingdom that he was trying to protect all the time. And when you build a kingdom, the problem with building a kingdom is you only work to protect what you've built. And so you get into this mindset that you're trying to build a king, whether it's a business, whether it's your family, whether it's this or that, you start only protecting what you have and making sure, I, I just want to build the kingdom. I just want to build my kingdom, not the kingdom, build my kingdom, and I want to be the king of that kingdom. I don't want to control everything in my life, and I want to make sure I don't lose it. But an apostle, what they do is they go in and build people, and then they give what they built away. Paul wasn't standing, staying in um, Ephesus and saying, I'm not moving because I built this. And so I'm going to stay here forever. That's, that's a king mindset. Apostle mindset says, I'm going to build into people and then come on, let's run with it. Which one's harder? Absolutely apostle because you're trusting so many other people to do the things that you were interested in. I'm telling you, please don't get caught up in building your own kingdom. And I just got to build my bank account or I got to build this business or I got to build this thing or I got to build this. And it's all a lot of times comes from the motivation of something very good. I get that. I'm not saying all of those things are in and of themselves bad. But when they start be becoming your whole motivation, you forget and we forget to be the leaders that actually my number one job is to build people. My number one job is to build into people and let people start because th none of this stuff, none of these things, none of the, we're never going to take any of that with us in our life. But people will last forever. And so you build in to people and, and, and just grab onto that apostle mindset instead of a king mindset to where you're building a kingdom, okay? So that, that's one difference between being a David type of leader and a Paul type of leader, okay? Here's the next one. Um, people want to fight giants instead of worship in jail. People want to fight giants instead of worship in jail. The meaning of that 
Is it, is it bad to fight giants? No, it's not bad to fight giants. But I feel like sometimes, and this might be even for younger leaders, that they're always looking for their time to shine. They're always looking for their moment in the sun. They're always looking for their moment to be, look, this is my moment. This is what I'm going to stand up. This is what I'm going to do my thing. This is what I'm going to show everybody what I'm about. This is what, this is what God made me to do. So I'm going to push away everything else and just run hard after this one thing all the time. This is the giant that I've got to fight. Yeah, I'm going to stand up. This, it's a big moment for my life. And there's, no, there's nothing, again, intrinsically wrong with wanting to face a giant. But what I believe happens is we get seduced into thinking that this is the number one or the biggest part of our life that we've got to build our life to instead of realizing, can I worship in jail? Because we're, we're a lot more seduced into, fight the giant. You know, that sounds so epic. Sounds so like, oh, yeah, let's go out to do it. But when you say, worship in jail, you're like, no. I don't want to go to jail. Hopefully, we don't want to go to jail, right? No, no one wants to, okay. Um, there's these moments where... When I, when I say worship in jail, can you make the most? Can you make the most out of the worst situations? In fact, can you make the worst situations worship situations? Instead of always wanting to change your circumstance, can we? Can we? Uh, listen, uh, uh, everyone, this will help you so much. Stop worrying so much about your circumstance and really work on your heart and how you're responding to the circumstance. No, I'm going to fight the giant. No, 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 no. Learn how to worship in jail. Le learn how to cultivate a worship spirit when you're in the worst of situations. Are you complaining always about what comes out of your mouth as a leader? Are you always complaining about the situation that you're in? Now, I'm not talking, I'm not saying that you can't talk about situations that are hard and be vulnerable and be authentic, but some of you need to watch the words that come out of your mouth because all the, it's not worship, it's complaining. And so you're constantly talking about this is wrong, 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 and we think that Oh, no, I'm just going to fight my giant. No, God's trying to teach you how to worship in jail. And just and, and let worship come out of your mouth. And let thankfulness come out of your mouth. And let gratefulness come out of your mouth. And say, God, if it wasn't for your grace, there's no reason I would even be here. If it wasn't for your mercy, there's no reason I would even be in this place. God, thank you so much. I had done so much. In, this is Paul talking. I've done so much in my past. I cannot believe that I'm in this place now. I cannot believe that you've entrusted me. God, I just got to worship you even in the midst of me being in jail. So I don't know what kind of situation we get ourselves into, but God is trying to teach you how to worship in jail, how to worship in a circumstance that's not good. No, I want to fight the giant. No, no, no. Learn how to worship in jail. Because what? Because God is trying to teach you also how to deal with adversity in a different way. 
because a lot of us look at a giant. That's my adversity. Okay, that's one side of it. But being in jail is also another adversity. How do you deal with that kind? How do you deal with that kind of circumstance? Because you remember when this happened with David and he killed Goliath? Remember what ha- I don't know if some of you remember. Remember what happened with the people? They started singing songs about David. You know, and this kind of got the Saul and David fight going. You know, Saul's killed his thousands. David's killed his ten thousand. You know, m- making David this humongous, amazing warrior. They sang songs about him. Sometimes I think we get seduced by that because we want people to sing songs about us instead of being in jail and sing songs about God and worship him. See, because when you can get this right and you can, um, and you can understand, oh, this is how God wants me to respond People don't sing songs about how great you are. They hear songs about how great God is. When you can get this right, people don't sing songs about how great you are. They hear songs about how great God is. And this is a difference. Again, is David, I'm not trying to trash David. I'm just talking about the differences of how we're looking at leadership. And sometimes we run more toward a David kind of thing instead of a Paul type of thing, and I don't think that's good for us. Uh, Another one, Um, people, uh, they, uh, when you run into this uh, David versus Paul kind of thing, uh, when you have this David type of leadership, you want people who are loyal to you, not walking with you. Let me explain this a little bit. David had subjects and generals to do exactly what he wanted them to do. But who spoke into his life? Right? It used to be, if you do a deep character study here, it used to be Joab. Until he became king, Joab became a general, and then that voice started getting silenced even. And what happened is David started having a lot of people around him that just told him yes all the time. And they weren't companions to him. They were subjects. And they were generals. And there were people that worked for him but not who walked with him. He had Jonathan, but when he was a king, he didn't have that kind of companionship. Paul had people who walked with him. They were with him. They were companions with him. He didn't lord over them. Even though he led them, he didn't lead. It it was a difference. Here's the thing, and I've talked about this before. There's a difference between having power and having influence, and this is the difference of leadership here. David had a lot of power. I don't know how much influence he had. Paul had, uh, not only did Paul have some power, but he had major influence in people's life. And he had people that walked with him. He had Timothy. He had Luke. He had companions that 
dug in with him and were so loyal to him, even when he didn't have a title. See, David had this for a while. He had men who ran with him, but he had that when he wasn't a king. When he became a king, something switched in his mind that he started to lose some of this. Paul had this at all. In fact, he had some disagreements with some of the people that he walked with. And one person was like, I'm going to go this way. And Paul was like, all right, fine, see ya. And grabbed another person. And sometimes that happens when you have people who walk with you. But I'm, I'm telling you, Paul was enriched by these people that walked with him. And they were so loyal. And they were so committed to him. This is the and And this is the leader that we want to be. So stop running after. And we've got to be very careful. Stop running after power and run after influence. Stop running after power and run after influence in people's life. How do you get influence? Serve them. How, how do you get influence in people? Serve. Serve. Serve when you don't want to serve. Serve when it's not convenient to serve. Serve when no one asks you to serve. That's how you start cultivating influence. And if you're doing it, and also if you're like, well, I'm going to serve because I know that's how I'm going to get influence, already it's ruined. Already, right there, just, just so you know, it's ruined right there. Because if you're serving to try to get some kind of platform, it's not serving, it's manipulation. Paul. I want want to lead like Paul. Here's the last one. This one's hard. The other ones are hard. This one's harder. Um, People want comfort, not a thorn. David's biggest mistake came because he wanted comfort. The Bible says when the kings went out to war, David was on the top of his balcony looking out at his his kingdom. When the rest of his army was fighting and pushing and doing what they should be doing, when the kings should be at war, when David should be with his army, He was not, he chose comfort. And that's when he saw Bathsheba. That's when he fell. And we want to make, oh, he did this thing with Bathsheba. We want to make that, though that's when he fell. No, he fell before that. He fell when he chose comfort and said, I'm going to back off. I'm not going to be the king that I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to push to be who God called me to be and laid back in his comfort. They'll do it. I've fought enough. I've done enough. Can I just tell you as a leader, there's not an off switch. Just ask a parent. There's not an off switch. No matter how old they get or young, listen, my mom is still my mom. There's just not an off switch unless the parent decides I'm just going to stop leading. And all of a sudden, that's when stuff starts breaking. And David at this point decided I'm going to hit the off switch. 
I'm just going to have comfort. And sin jumped on him like a bandit and wrecked and just havoc in his life and in the kingdom and in his family and there's death and destruction and, and murder and lies. All that stuff happened because I'm hitting the off switch of leadership. I'm choosing comfort because, man, I've been fighting a while. Well, David, I, I'm sorry, I have to remind you that there's no off switch in, in, in this type of battle. But the beautiful thing about God is he does give you rest, even when you're fighting. Okay? That's called the grace of God. How does that come? That comes when you embrace a thorn instead of comfort. Remember what Paul said. Paul said, God, God has allowed this thorn in, in, my, in my flesh, this, this thing that I keep asking God to remove. And, and, and the only answer I get from God is my grace is sufficient. In fact, I am strong in your weakness. Yuck. I don't want that. I don't want constantly feel. Listen, don't, you know when you sit down in the, the car and something jabs you? When you sit in that seat in the back, you're like, oh. Who immediately runs like this? Oh, oh, yeah. That sharp pain right in my back is perfect. I love that. Let's go. No, you do everything you can to what? Remove it. This is what Paul was saying. Please take that out. And God said, no, this actually needs to stay because what it's showing you is how to, how to absolutely rely on me at all times. Every time you move, a little more, oh, oh, God, I need you. My grace is made perfect. My power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. So when you choose comfort, you're actually choosing less power. When you choose comfort, you, you're choosing at that moment not to, to flow in God's power. But when you choose a thorn and say, okay, God, this pain that I wish you'd remove, it just in lead, I'll tell you this. How about being a, a, a pastor? I'll just use myself as an example. The pain of people coming into church and we love them like, like we try to love and care for them as best we can and then for some reason they leave. And then new people come in and I'm supposed to love them just like I loved the last person that left me. But I can't get hard and I can't get bitter and, and I can't, and, and I can't uh, want to get, get back at them. So it's a thorn that is there in my side every Sunday. Every Sunday I'm opening up and I feel the little, oh, this happened again. But okay, God, I, I choose it. 
I choose it right now. And what? God's grace and power is made perfect in my weakness and where I something that I would not choose, but God leaves it here so I can feel his grace and power. So every day, I'm God, I'm so needing you right now, and I need your grace and your mercy to be the leader and the pastor that I've called to be. God, I, I this does not feel comfortable. It does not feel good. I don't want it, but it makes me so reliant on you. So, God, I'm choosing this over and over and over again. But if you choose comfort like David did, sin destroys. But if you choose a thorn like Paul did, grace multiplies. Grace multiplies over and over and over again. So, God, help us. Father, I pray for every person in this room, every person who's listening right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, help us be the leaders that you've called us to be, to learn from other people's mistakes, to be able to walk in grace and mercy. Not that we have it all figured out and not that we can do it all perfectly, but God, that we can walk in your grace and your mercy. And Father, be leaders in our families, be leaders to ourselves, be leaders at our job. Help us to be the very best. Make us and help us look more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.